0: Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious.
1: We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without
0: the ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soulfire production. Our ultimate gluten-free Thanksgiving guide is back and better than ever. This year, we've updated it with even more tips and tools, cooking ideas, so that you can have less stress on the big day. Even though this year the holidays are going to look a little different, we can still enjoy the comfort and deliciousness that Thanksgiving brings. Get your free guide for a flawless, gluten-free Thanksgiving by visiting our website today at www.currygirlskitchen.com. Today on the Make Life Delicious podcast, we're visiting with our dear friend and colleague, Kaya Pruot. Kaya is a writer, producer, filmmaker, and currently studying to be a nutritionist. But there's so much more. Kay is truly a superstar who we wanted to shine a light on. Kaya gets to hang out with influential health and wellness superstars. And besides studying, she works alongside functional medicine, Cleveland Clinic director, Dr. Mark Hyman, as his chief content officer, which we will let her share more about that in today's episode. You hear Kaya's voice on Dr. Mark Hyman's amazing pharmacy podcast, and her brother Drew, also a producer and host of the Broken Brain podcast. Megs and I are huge fans of every one of these humans. We're truly blessed to have Kea joining us today. So welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. How are you on this beautiful, sunny California day? Oh my gosh. I'm feeling good. Yeah. You know,
2: it's, it's interesting times, but I'm feeling good. How are you guys feeling?
0: So good. Staying warm here in Colorado. <laughs> Megan had two days of snow. You have some sunshine though, right now? Yeah.
1: It is a sunny day here in Steamboat Springs as well. And I love getting I to see you, Kaya. Uh, I know. So it's fun. so
2: nice. It's funny because you're wearing a t-shirt and I'm wearing a sweater and you're in yeah. Colorado.
0: <laughs> I know we good heater. Yeah. There's this one little stove in there and people go... People hate me in negative twenty degrees, and we're like, yeah, it does it's pretty awesome.
1: That's nice. <laughs> I know, as you can see, it's a legitimate log cabin, but it's very, it's very cozy. And it looks so just quaint and quintessential. I love it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing all the amazingness that you do, because you are a woman of so many talents. It is amazing all the things that you do and. We just love getting to share like women doing awesome stuff, especially in the health and wellness field. And okay, you and I talk about this a lot when you think about the, the amount of women in the wellness space or just especially doctors and, you know, as you are going to school to be a nutritionist and kind of how that path has shifted over these years. Um, I just, I love hearing your perspective of all of that. Thank you. I feel
2: the exact same way. Anytime that I get to talk to you guys, it's like a big soul conversation.
0: I just love it. Well, I'd like to share, you know, how we first met, which yeah. was really kind of cool. You know, Megan and I had come back that summer and was so turned on by just having done this reset. Well, it was actually the clean program that you had worked um, with Dr. Alejandro Younger. And we all became friends. And we all really worked together on um, this clean program and what it meant for us. And we got to meet you and your brother and, you know, everybody on the team back then. And we'd share lots of delicious meals together.
2: (laughs) Yes, that was the best part. (laughs) (laughs) It truly was.
0: (laughs) It was so funny telling Dr. Younger, you know, no, I'm not making you my bone broth. It's like, it would just be too expensive for me to make it and <laughs> drive it up every week. Just listen to the recipe, make it, you know? Oh my gosh. Well, hands down, the best bone
2: broth still to this day <laughs> that I've ever had. So Amazing. You, I hope you share that recipe with your whole community because it's oh. fantastic.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Especially right now, you know? Yes. The penicillin of life, for sure. It's so good.
2: Yeah. I was actually thinking this morning, it's been, I think we all met about
0: eight years ago, which is, That's that's a a long time. I
1: know.
0: (laughs) And doing this work together and just being passionate about everything that we do, you know, work on our health and our well-being and teaching so many people. You know, I'm curious, you know, what was was your personal journey that got you into, you know, this field in this whole arena to begin with?
2: Yeah, so it's pretty interesting because my background is that I went to film school. I completely went down a different path of wanting to be an artist and write screenplays and direct movies. And that was around the time that we were in a really I graduated when we were really in a really deep recession. Maybe Megan, probably around the same time that you graduated. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for a job when I graduated and my brother was like super in dialed into this space since. He was a teenager. He was one of the first people to do like a raw foods diet. And he transitioned me to a vegan diet at the time. And we were always kind of experimenting with those different things. And he um, teamed up with Dr. Alejandro Younger, who you were talking about. And they kind of built the clean program together. And I was the first employee that they hired. He was like, hey, just come and work with me. And I love my brother. So I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. We all love yeah, so I was like he's going to be a great boss. Like I'm totally down. Um even though I was interested in health and wellness just for my just personal like optimization. I wasn't really into it until I started to work with people who were going through the program and realizing that they not only needed somebody to help them get their supplements and help them figure it all out, but they kind of wanted to talk to somebody about what they were experiencing and so I stepped into that not knowing that that was what a health coach does so I started to like basically health coach people through the clean program and I got to see you know it's really amazing when you get to hear the stories of people's personal transformation and coming out of whatever that they were dealing with just by using the power of food as medicine it was like eye opening for me and I loved it. I loved working with people going through that. And then at the same time, I started to do have some transitions in my own health and did uh, the clean program myself and really just experienced experience like this brain awakening, which was fantastic. Um, and so that's how I started with the clean program. And that kind of evolved into me getting to bridge my two loves together, which are filmmaking and storytelling and health and wellness. And I just love that combination of art and science. Um, There is science and art and there is art and science. So you can bring it all together. um, And that evolved into what I do now, which is, you know, full-time content production with Dr. Mark Hyman, who I started work with in 2015. And the nice thing about what I get to do is one-on-one coaching is fantastic. But what I get to do spreads the message about food and lifestyle uh, medicine on a more massive scale.
1: So that's kind of how I got into this space. And and I loved it. Wow. I love how unexpected our paths are. Like, I'm kind of like you. I went to school for psychology, not thinking initially psychology has anything to do with like, food and wellness and all of that. But When you look at it, everything is so interconnected and being able to tell the story like you do, your background actually has primed you for the perfect position of what you get to do now. And it's this full circle thing where your art is through healing, you know, it's so beautiful.
0: And it's so different than the majority of people that, you know, we meet. Most of the people that end up in this field is because they started out already sick or had some kind of you know, illness or problem that kind of pushed them into that direction. And that's the beauty of what you've done to take in your craft and then honed it into now what it is today, which is huge. Well, you know, kind of talking about that,
2: there's this saying, and I don't even know who started it. It might've been actually even Dr. Younger where it's like people don't know how bad they feel until they feel good and i think at the time i was kind of just going through the motions of life and you're like 20 your body's resilient you don't think about it too much but then as i started to implement the principles of functional medicine i mean whoa like it was night and day difference of just how i felt um so I didn't come into it being sick, but I think I realized, like, wow, I can feel amazing versus just feeling like, "Eh,
1: I feel okay. The room to improvement. I mean, seriously, like, you think about what you were tolerant of, like headaches, bloat, like all these things that we've just normalized as a society. But when you do these, like, lifestyle changes that you then start feeling good, that's when it's like, you know, for us, it's like we want to, educate people how to do this for themselves and for you it's like you do it through these massive documentaries and these pro, like this working with this huge doctor and books
0: and podcasts i mean it's amazing well and then we also did that feel good summit too that was like oh my god that was so fun <laughs> but you said something and i think that would be really fun to kind of explore when you said you finally started looking at the principles Of functional medicine can you talk a little bit about
2: that yeah so for anybody who doesn't
0: know what functional
2: medicine is it's they say it's the future of medicine available now and it seeks to identify the root cause of disease so um, in conventional medicine which is fantastic conventional modern medicine like you get hit by a bus Don't go to a functional medicine doctor, go to the ER and get treated by a a doctor who knows what they're doing. Um, But where there is a discrepancy or kind of a gap, and I think a lot of doctors would agree with this, is that in conventional medicine, we're more like wait and see approach, where you get a diagnosis and it's like, okay, here's a pile of pills, or let's just wait and see what happens to this thing. It may or may not get worse and just pray for the best. Functional medicine is more like preventative medicine, where it's like, hey, let's work on dialing in on all the things that you can do now so you can evade the biggest diseases of our time, which all of the most prevailing diseases of our time happen to be lifestyle related diseases. So heart disease, dementia, certain cancers, um, hip fractures from falling, and then that can lead to so, so many different challenges most of the time and maybe that's a little controversial to say they can be prevented um through using lifestyle medicine so functional medicine is first and foremost like do all of these preventative things so that you don't end up you know spending the last 30 sometimes 30 years of your life really sick and also if you are sick let's not just cover it up with a band-aid let's get to the root cause of what's happening for example um, somebody who's dealing with depression it could be so many different things but it could also be like low thyroid function it could be vitamin deficiencies it could be all these things like let's get to the root of it do all the stuff that you need to do like go see a therapist work with someone but also look at all the other things and pathways in your body that might not be working that well and address that too so that's essentially what functional medicine does
0: wow well and you know what's so incredible is that you really were meant you were Megan's mentor you know to really advise her and guide her into becoming a functional medicine coach you know and well
1: i just think about how like the way you said it it's like it's crazy to think that talking about prevention and functional medicine on some level can be controversial like totally. it just is crazy to me but also what you said that I loved, and this is like, I feel like how you said this is the future of medicine now. It's also kind of like, this is how medicine, this is like a mirror of how as society we should be as more collaborative and not like, you're wrong, I'm right, this is right or wrong. It's like you both, you see how both these forms of medicine are so complementary to each other and not one's better than the other but how it's this team effort and that's the one thing that functional medicine coaching has taught me is that i'm one part of this greater puzzle that's going to help you find what's going on for you
2: totally yeah that reminds me of um something that dr hyman always says he says i don't care if it's exercise or exorcism i just want to get my patient better And that's really, yeah, it's, I love that too, because it's like, there's no judgment here, whatever works, there's a, such a thing as bio-individuality and you have to treat, I'm not a doctor, but you know, in functional medicine doctors, they treat the person, not the disease. So it's like functional medicine honors and respects that the individual should be treated and not the disease. And sometimes that individual requires a more conventional approach. Not everything is functional. And sometimes a functional medicine approach using lifestyle and diet is just what that person needs. So that is what I love. Like there's room for everything.
0: And what I love most about functional medicine is that it can... It can go off the grid, like you were saying, you know, exercise or exorcism. You know, what Megan and I love to bring to the table, you know, on our podcast is all the different modalities, systems, methods that kind of help people down the path. Because, you know, like you were saying, it's so individual. There is not, you know, two people identical and their paths aren't going to be identical. So, by using a functional medicine, you know, doctor or coach, it's, you know, there's it's like the sky's the limit instead of you walking into, you know, an allopathic doctor and he's saying, okay, this is your symptom. And this is the pill that I've been taught to give you for that. But it doesn't help in the long run. It's just masking. The problem. It's like a, it's like the bandaid, I think you were saying, you know, over it. So um, yeah. Uh, I love I love the understanding also of what is root causes. There's so many different roots to disease or illnesses.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think just to kind of go off of what you were saying before, mm-hmm. I do think that functional medicine, or it doesn't even need a name, but this style of using lifestyle medicine is going to blow up soon, I feel, because this year has really taught us that, you know, something as deadly and scary as this virus, this COVID-19 virus, is going to affect people. I think it's like three to 12 times more. It's probably more than that. I don't really actually know those stats, but, um, if you are struggling with a chronic disease or something like obesity, and I think we're all starting to wake up to, hey, I need to do all of these things to kind of help my health so that I don't, um, you know, I don't suffer from something like COVID nineteen on such a massive scale. Before it was like, okay, maybe later down the road I might develop heart disease or this or that, but no, this is like a problem that is in our face right now. Um, so I feel excited in terms of us all waking up as a society to the importance of, you know, taking care of ourselves and things like vitamin D and zinc and quercetin and all these, you know, wonderful things that even people like Dr. Fauci are talking about. So I'm, I'm definitely, um, hopeful in that space, but to talk about root cause, um, what there's a, there's something else that Dr. Hyman says is that two people who have two different conditions can have more in common than two people with the same condition. Because in functional medicine, there are these seven different systems that are the underlying, like malfunction or dysfunction in those seven systems can manifest as disease. So there's, I'm going to try to remember them, but there is um, the gut microbiome. So that is like huge, right? That is exploded. And we're kind of figuring out that the gut is our probably our most important organ, so to speak. It's where we assimilate and digest and absorb everything that we eat. Um, and then we have our detoxification system. So we know, you know, we have our body's own natural detoxification system, which is like our liver, and there's phase one and phase two detoxification. But we can do things to kind of improve or boost that with what we eat. And you guys know all about that too. Um, And then we have our energy factory, so our mitochondria. Um, And so I think mitochondria has kind of been a little bit of a buzzword lately, especially like in the bulletproof and the biohacking community. But mitochondria is-
0: And it's big for people, you know, as we age. So here I am in my 60s, mid 60s. Yes, it is because, you know, the brain is huge. And and it's one of those left out parts that we've talked about. And now it's here, which is very exciting.
2: Absolutely. And you know what we're finding out about mitochondria is that there's all of these things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. They call it hormesis. It's like these stressors that are um just mild forms of stress that kind of help to kill off the bad mitochondria and like rebuild new beautiful shiny mitochondria. Oh
0: so my- that's my cold shower every morning now.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's like the cold, hot therapy going into the sauna and then going into a cold shower or a cold plunge. It's all even exercise or HIIT training is a, is a mild form of that or, you know, not a mild, uh, but a form of that. Um, so there's our mitochondria. And then um, we have our, so we have our gut, we have our detoxification, we have our mitochondria, We have our hormones, we have our communication system, so we have um, like our cytokines and just all the ways that our body speaks to each other. So especially for women, hormonal imbalance is like huge. And I'm so
1: excited for you to go more into what you're doing to really support women in your new venture that you're starting, uh, because it is so important. Oh my god. It's so important.
2: I I was talking to a a friend the other day who's a naturopathic doctor and she was saying, you know, treating men is because her focus is hormonal imbalances. She was saying treating men is so much easier than treating women because men it's like, "Oh, hey, you have low testosterone, here you go. This is what you need to do." But women, we have all of these different pathways and we have like three forms of estrogen and we have progesterone and we have all of these things that kind of are intertwined that we need to it's like women are like a world within themselves which is so beautiful um but there's just not enough attention on it which um there's some fantastic women in the space who are talking about it but I, I think that there's definitely room for more which is which is exciting well and then always
0: i found out um by listening to this um man who really was like blundered why women you know who Go on these like enormous diets, lose a bunch of weight, and then they start gaining the weight. And what he found was the metabolism shifts because of the hormone imbalance and what you're eating. And I thought that was so fascinating. Yes. As you hit the wall, I can't lose weight, and I'm doing all this stuff. And then he brought that to light. So, I mean, hormones are masterful, they're not to be reckoned with. And We need to do the things that we need to do in order to rebalance our hormone system.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And I think that's what our reset does. You know, that's what we try to do. Is that you know, there's things that we can do, and um, and food is one of them.
2: Yep. And that's what I love about, like, from the moment that I met you guys, that's what I love about your approach is that food is one part. It's not a small part. It's a big part, but it's just one part. Mm-hmm. And there are all of these other things that come together to cultivate a happy, healthy, thriving human. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you guys have always recognized that. I think at the time, like cleansing and detoxes and like fad dieting was really at its peak when we had all met. And it was really easy, I think, for people to kind of get trapped in a, maybe like an orthorexia approach, which is just like an unhealthy obsession with healthy food. Um, And I love that you guys kind of bring this balance into your programs of, you know, we have to talk about like the emotional stuff. We have to talk about the community. We have to talk about all of these other things because they're as equally as important.
1: And that's such a huge part of, I mean, functional medicine and even Dr. Hyman, his approach, it's like all the different pillars that that encompass healthy well-being, you know? And I I just think it's amazing that it's becoming, like you said, it is becoming more, oh, people are becoming more aware of this, this approach that like we always say, it's like food is one piece and it's a piece that is important. It's what you're feeding yourself. But if you're stressed, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not moving your body, I mean, there's so many other compounding factors that are gonna impact your, the outcome of your health. And it's this holistic integrative approach that I think we all can, like this is like what we all just so love about taking care of each other. Absolutely. Well, and I think another
0: thing that COVID is showing us is the importance of community, you know, and that was part of, you know, Dr. Mark's, you know, pillars of community. You need that also um, attention. And so if you're not being able to see someone, then, you know, I think that's where Zoom kind of came in and saved the day for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, um, totally. social distancing. But that social aspect is huge as is the spiritual aspect of it, was another one of his pillars. So, you know, you've talked now about the gut, the, de- you know, the detoxification organs, the mitochondria, the hormones. Can we remember three more?
2: Um, okay. <laughs> so I think in the, the lymph is in the communication oh, system, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: But... Um, can I just look at it really quickly? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Totally. This is a tax <laughs> conversation around the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but like, I, I, ta- I literally talk about this all day long. and
2: it's like, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> but I also, I love that it's like, it's this understanding that these main functions within our body, that if we can grasp, like, the understanding of them, we can have a greater control of the outcome of our health. Like you're saying, it's like there are these seven root causes. It's not one, two, whatever, but they all are going to kind of funnel into this, you know, into one of these
0: categories. Well, you also wrote a post I remember because it's all about optimizing the human health. I loved that, that you wrote that on one of your posts.
2: Yeah. And optimization has become such an interesting word because Um, I definitely think we're all looking for that, and I don't think anybody's not looking for that, but it really is truly the heart of what every human being deserves. They deserve to optimize their health, and, um, you know, it it feels like implementing these functional medicine principles on a day-to-day basis, it might feel like a lot of work in the beginning, but then slowly it just becomes a part of your daily life, and then you crave it's really self-care is what it is. It's like taking the time for yourself every day to cook healthy meals, to meditate, to rely on community. When you kind of put it that way, it's like, wow, that's actually really beautiful. And we should all be doing those things um,
1: every day. Yeah. You think about like people, how they take care of their cars, you go and get them washed, you go and get tune-ups, you change the oil, you do these things or how we take care of our pets or other people. But it's like, we're now waking up to this understanding that we need to do that for ourselves. Like we need to clear our mind that is meditation. If we're feeling frustration or all these things, it's like, what are you move your body? Like these tools that we are now discovering and more so rediscovering. We're like waking back up to this, these things that we've intuitively no, and i think that's another big word is like intuitive when people are like oh intuitive eating mm-hmm. and balance and optimization these are all really like hot words right now because it's something that we are becoming more aware of and i think functional medicine and these um principles and how to nourish ourselves like dr hyman does like we do in our programs it really supports somebody learning what truly eating intuitively and list, being able to listen to your body's responses uh, will like be able to embody and do yeah. yeah and
2: speaking of intuition you know one of my friends the other day was saying that because of the rampantness I don't know if that's a word of gut <laughs> dysfunction yeah we have a lot of us have lost our inability to trust our intuition um, and that is literally coming from an imbalanced gut like that's where your intuition is right it's all there and so there is an element of just like this relationship between if you take care of your gut you'll be able to tune into your intuition more and if you kind of lean into your intuition you can take care of your health more it's like you know they work together um, so I think yeah I think that that's great and I, I saw I can't believe I missed this but The other node on the functional medicine matrix is defense and repair. So it's all about your immunity. So your immune health and inflammation and inflammation is really the root cause of pretty much all disease. Um, And then the last one is your structural integrity. So everything from your cell membranes all the way to your muscles and your bones and the way that your body moves. So
0: those are the seven nodes. Well, I think right yeah. now, you know, it, I, I want to touch on this whole piece about the immunity because we talk about it all the time. And I think, you know, the word health and the word immunity come together so much, especially during COVID, because what we're seeing is the people that do get the sickest, you know, with COVID um, uh, are people that already have a compromised immune system. So, what we say is if you really want Best form of prevention is to strengthen your immunity. You know, um, talk a little bit more about, you know, what are your go tos that you personally do to strengthen your immune system?
2: Yeah. So actually, this morning I just saw an article that they found that 80% of the people who died with uh, COVID 19 had um, low levels of vitamin D. And I don't think that we can supplement our way out of all of our problems. However, this is a very interesting correlation to me. Vitamin D is huge for so many different things in our body, from our mood to our immunity to our bones. Um, It regulates calcium. And so uh, I think that it is essential if your levels are low. In fact, it would be fantastic if everybody could just be sent a vitamin D test and it would be super affordable way for them to figure out like, Hey, my levels are low. I need to get them up as a form of prevention. Um, Another thing that just came out by one of my favorite humans, Dr. Jeffrey Bland is a supplement called, I think it's called HTB um, immunity. And he has discovered that there is this specific form of Himalayan buckwheat that has more Like 90% more polyphenols than regular buckwheat. And it is like one of the most richest sources of polyphenols. And what I've learned this year through Dr. Hyman is that we are discovering, and people like Dr. William Lee, who wrote Eat to Beat Disease, um, is that we are learning now that the polyphenols in our food might have a bigger role than we had ever imagined. So if you don't know about polyphenols, you've probably likely heard of them like lycopene and tomatoes and there's all of these different ones and colorful plant foods this is the key it's like eat the rainbow colorful colorful plant foods like try to get 30 different species of plant i think pretty much most americans get like five different types of (laughs) fruits and vegetables a week and it's iceberg lettuce tomato onion and by the way the tomato is in the form of ketchup so that's just sad or pizza sauce or something like that um, so really, when you eat a variety of colorful plant foods, you're getting all of these polyphenols, and things like tea. Like green tea is full of um, these powerful antioxidants and polyphenols. And what I've learned this year is that they actually feed the good bugs in your gut that promote health. There's one specifically, and I learned all of this from Dr. Hyman, so I can't take credit for any of it, but it's really fascinating. There's one called acromancia. and if you have lower levels of acromancia, your immunity is lower, your you know, gut function is worse. It's, it's really, it's a great bug, and you wanna feed that bug. And how you feed it is with polyphenols. Um, so it's not just like the typical foods that we think of like, oh, probiotics in the form of sauerkraut, or you know, the typical gut foods that people think about, it's like, no, also get these really colorful plant foods. They are serving a purpose for us
0: It's so funny when you're talking about the colorfulness of foods, you know um, it it also reminds me of the colors of our chakra system, yes, and so it's like all of those, so if you you know the rainbow and how each color you know magnifies different parts and organs within your body that you know. It doesn't get a lot of attention necessarily. It's not like necessarily hugely mainstream, but, you know, eating the color of the rainbow is something that Megan and I always professed. We eat with our eyes and, and that's what reaps the benefit within our bodies. But I'm so fascinated because as you were saying this, how do you say it? Acromantia? Acromantia. Yep. So it's a bug. It's not necessarily um, It's a gut bacteria. Oh, it's a gut bacteria that we're yeah. feeding. So um, a probiotic or a prebiotic would feed it, or is it strictly just the food that we're getting, the colorful foods that we're eating? Well,
2: I, I know specifically that colorful polyphenols do uh, increase the abundance of it. And I imagine that things like um, probiotics, prebiotics. Mm -hmm. We're actually coming out with a shake specifically based off of something that Dr. Hyman used to boost the acromantia in his gut when he dealt with uh, really scary gut issues a few years back. And things like uh, acacia fiber, um, colostrum, Mm -hmm. um, probiotics, like spore-based probiotics, Mm -hmm. and then just loads of, of
0: polyphenols as well. Wow. Um, and you, you know, I think that vitamin D too, that you were speaking of before is so huge. I hear that over and over again, that we're all deficient, even though we live in sunny California, we still aren't getting, you know, um, the amount of vitamin D that our body requires to keep us healthy. And one of the questions that I was going to ask you today is, do you believe in taking supplements? Do you yourself take supplements? You know, what's your feeling about that?
2: yeah and i think ideally in a perfect world we would all be able to get the nutrients that we need from our food but with a combination of so many different things like depleted soils and you know how far we're lucky in california we have access to so much that's grown locally but a lot of people don't so their food comes from miles and miles and miles away so between transport soil just you know Farming practices, different things like that. We aren't getting the nutrients that we need strictly from our food, and also a lot of people's, uh, again, their their guts are compromised, so they are not absorbing everything that they need. I don't think everyone needs supplements, but I will say, just from personal experience, I had low vitamin D, and I when I was like, I think I got tested for the first time my vitamin D around age twenty five or twenty six and it was low and i started supplementing my level started going up my mood improved significantly so that to me is like a direct reflection of supplementing which i think is so key for for some situations do i think we need to throw all the supplements that we hear about and see at ourselves all the time no and then sometimes that can create more problems than benefits but i think that supplementing can be really life-saving in certain situations.
0: And I think that's where working with a really good healthcare professional with your supplementation, like, you know, you'll see these ads going, take this, take this supplement, take this supplement, take this, it's going to be great. And it's like, no, 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 because you know that's the point of working with a functional medicine doctor or coach or you know um, a nutritionist. That's really going to have that information that we need for your particular body. Getting back, totally. to every body is different. There isn't one pill that's the magic pill for everyone.
1: Well, and I think it's important to address like they're called supplements for a reason. They're supplementing the way your lifestyle that you're already, the, the nutrients that you're already getting from your foods and the things that you're already doing to increase where there might be needed to better absorb, digest, whatever it is that you're supplementing for. You know, it's, Absolutely. it's not that you just take this and then don't have to worry about also eating nutrient-rich foods. Yeah. It is in <laughs> conjunction. It goes back yeah. to everything really working together and supporting each other right? You can't exercise
2: your way out of a bad diet. You can't supplement your way out of a bad diet either. So it's like exactly what you said, Megan, everything has to come together.
0: So that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, here we talk about supplements, you know, we're all waiting. Well, I'm not, and I'm sure you aren't either, for this vaccine to come and save the world with COVID. And I'm like, personally, that's not my first step that I would take. What's your feeling about that vaccine that's going to come (laughs) and save everyone?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that vaccines are a very nuanced topic. And the problem is, is that, that I see is that on both sides, there is just so much of lack of willing to meet in the middle. Um, And so I am very much for vaccine safety and I believe that they have their place. And I think, you know, when I have children one day, like I am going to get them vaccinated on a very particular schedule that I work with that doctor. That's
0: right there. Yeah. I don't think most people know that you have a choice.
2: Right. Yes. You have a choice. And if you find a doctor that is willing to work with you on the schedule, like absolutely. I am, I think vaccines are fantastic and they are life-saving. Mm-hmm. and I want everybody to kind of be able to come and meet the people who think that vaccines are the devil. And then the people who think, you know, anybody who thinks that vaccines are anything other than like the brilliant thing that they are can meet in the middle and just say like, Hey, how can we look into this more? The nice thing, I think that's going to happen is that there is going to be so much more research on vaccines because of what is going on this year. People are going to, you know, there are people on uh, that are, that are, that are afraid to take something that would come out so soon. And there are people who are ready to take it. And both of those responses are totally legitimate. You know, it's, it's all good. But I think that because of everything that's happening, we're just going to see a lot more attention on vaccines. And that includes more research on them as well. And um, I just wish that both parties were willing to have a more open discussion about it versus kind of jumping to
1: conclusions. That's my hope. Same. I love it. I think that's what we all can hope for. And I know just hearing you talk about it, it's, I mean, if you're listening to this and as like, for me, it's like, it's easy to get, start feeling yourself, get a little anxious over this because there's so much uncertainty. And as we're coming into this resurgence of more COVID cases and all these things going on i mean that stress it just makes me think back to it. we are three women here having this conversation and hormones and um you know it also makes me think about the supplementation conversation that we're having and kea with you in school becoming a nutritionist and with these new things that you're developing i would love to know um As a woman and as somebody, I never took birth control. I just, I think of birth control as almost as like not a vaccine, but it's like this like cure-all that if you have PMS symptoms as a female, or if you are like struggling with period issues or acne, um, everybody puts you on the pill. Mm -hmm. And it is like really the only form of contraception that is really discussed and talked about. And I'm just like so in love with this new venture that you've created and would love to kind of hear what made you start this get interested in it and what it is yeah
2: so this is my psa to any woman out there who is listening start tracking your period like if you're 13 14 15 however 20 30 whatever it is like start tracking it start tracking your cycles First of all, not only does it give you very important and specific information that you'll need at certain points in your life, especially if you're on your fertility journey or whatever it is, it also makes your life so much more fun and makes so much more sense because at different points in a woman's cycle, she is going to feel different things and uh, she's going to need different things and the way that she eats will change and so if you are more in tune with this like women get this monthly report card and men don't get it so we're lucky (laughs) we get to like understand i love love how you make it see that's such a positive way of looking about your period well It's it's actually a gift i mean i growing up when you're a teenager you don't see your period as a gift you're like this is really annoying and i you know can't do certain things but as you get older, you will come to see it as a gift, because it is a way for the body to I believe I don't know if other people believe this, but to, to detoxify, and it is a reminder of like how important and special it is to be a woman and how we can bring life into the world. So I actually view it as a gift, and I know a lot of people out there who maybe have irregular periods or their period has gone missing for a while, or they're really struggling. like for them, their period is also a gift, too. And so um, I started to get into this space uh, to start really thinking about hormones from a few different uh, standpoints. I was at the IFM conference, which is the Institute for Functional Medicine Annual Conference a few years ago in LA, and I loved it. But I also was talking to so many doctors who all happened to be men. um, And there was very few women. And I was thinking to myself, well, women's health is it's a different ballgame. We are different from men. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, our brains are different. And there's a really good podcast with uh, doc- with Dr. Stephanie Estima and Jim Quick, where she talks about the difference between the male and female brain. And it is like, it'll blow your mind. So I highly mm-hmm. recommend We'll find that it. and link it in the show notes. Yeah, it's that. great. Um, but I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, all these doctors that I look up to are great, but there's so much that's missing here because they haven't gone through that experience of being a woman and having female hormones. Um, and, and also at the same time, I was noticing that a lot of people around me were really struggling with their menstrual cycle, friends and family. PCOS is like huge right now. And I think that is like a diagnosis that kind of, you know, a lot of people have, and sometimes it gets thrown around and sometimes it can be very scary. And women are told like hey, it might be hard for you to have a baby. And it's like this fear gets into their head and they think that they have no other options. And it's like, well, actually, like, that is something in a lot of cases that can be re- not reversed. So, sorry, I shouldn't say that, but it can. Can you put it in remission? You can. Uh, well, the, this is the thing. You kind of can because you don't even need, I'm pretty sure you don't even need cysts to be diagnosed with PCOS. You can just have um, the symptoms, so you can have the acne. You can have the missing period. You can have all these things. The thing that kind of is common, and I think about seventy-five to eighty percent of PCOS cases is maybe it's less than that, like thirty to seventy-five, is insulin resistance, which is like the number one cause of most of what we're dealing with today. And so, for anybody who doesn't know about insulin resistance, it's like. Starts with a diet that's high in a lot of sugars and starches. Um, and it is the path to prediabetes and then diabetes. But insulin resistance can be reversed. So it's like you eat a lot of these sugary, starchy stuff, your insulin shoots up. And then eventually your body's like, I'm, this is like the boy who cried wolf. I'm not listening to this anymore. And you become, in, you can become insulin resistant. Um, and that truly is like the cause of. PCOS, it's the cause of advanced aging, it's the cause of sometimes even heart disease, uh, certain cancers. And that the good news here is that by eliminating all of those things and bringing in an ab- abundance of all the good stuff, you can a 100% reverse insulin resistance. So sorry, I went off track there, but I think it's important for people to know so that. I
1: think you know, it's important
2: information. Yeah, so going back to the hormone piece, um, I was noticing that I'm at the age where a lot of people are around me, including myself, are thinking about starting families. And you don't really think about your hormones until you start your fertility journey. I'm finding, for the most part, it's like you hit puberty, and then you're thinking about having a baby, and then you think about it again when you go through perimenopause and then menopause. And that's like really it. And then I was I started to kind of you know track my cycle and look into all of this stuff and wanted to help a few of the women that I know who are struggling with period problems. And I realized like, if we all started to A, track our periods when we were a lot younger and really looked into this and address it, then we could avoid the pain of whatever people go through with a diagnosis of PCOS or irregular periods or infertility or all of that stuff. Um, and then at the same time, my soon to be sister-in-law was also kind of looking into her hormones and started to try this new method, which maybe I don't know if we'll talk about today, but um, basically using food to address um, to address period problems. And it was working really well for her. So the birth control issue is interesting. I think that birth control has its place, but I would also say that there are so many other things that you can do. If you have painful periods, if you have irregular periods, if you have acne, um, birth
1: control is not your only option. A hundred percent. And that's why I think this food, using food methods or the tracking and all of these other um, options, we have options. And yes. that's what I think. It's like, I even think about, I've always, I've always period tracked because I couldn't Birth control didn't work with me. I tried it for like a week or so and wasn't on it. And as somebody that had my period for three months in high school, and then having a doctor tell me that was normal, it's like what you're saying about these male doctors and this. I don't know, like as a woman, I like having a female OBGYN. Like that's just, I want to go to somebody that's going to be relate, like relate to what I'm going through and to have that information that can support me in not wanting to take birth control and to know that it is highly effective and also just understanding the cycle of our hormones each month and the different phases that we go in through Um, because of same as you like a lot of my friends are struggling getting pregnant or thinking about it and are now having to enter this almost it's like a whole nother world that as women, it kind of makes you think back to when you first got your period, how were we not educated on this? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like where was the education on fully understanding, like, can you name the four cycles during ovulation of like before ovulation, like all of that, like in the period within the month as females that we go through, like, it's just crazy how little we've we've looked into knowing our bodies
2: absolutely and to even go further on that Megan I would say not only was there a lack of education around it there was just a lot of shame around it and I know that you guys had a very like um you guys are very communicative in your family and you probably talked about all that stuff but I think about you know my parents are so liberal and open but me and my mom didn't really even talk about what was going on with me it was just like here's the things that you need and then that's it figure it out (laughs) figure it out in a way and um
0: I think that's a a great majority that we hear over and over again that yeah talk about communication is so important as a parent with your children
2: absolutely and you just it helps the child feel less because when you're going through that as a kid you almost feel like I'm the only person who's going through this And I think it's so uh, important for parents to talk to their kids about that so that they don't know, they know that they're not alone. And then also they feel comfortable talking about it. When I grew up, it was like, oh, you have your period. Don't talk about it. That's shameful. Or like, you know, and I, and I want to change that because I think that, I think the way that we view those things, there's still so much taboo and so much, you know, don't talk about it. And if we do talk about it, and if we do open ourselves to those conversations, like, it can be so transformative. And I just even know, like Megan, when you and I get together and we talk about those things, we're super open about it and it just makes you feel better. It makes you feel like you know, my friends are going through the same thing that I'm going through. And um, yeah, I think that it's very, very necessary.
1: It's that connection piece. You know, we all want to feel connected. We all want to feel seen and heard, especially when you're struggling with something or something's feeling off or you're unsure. It's like, even going back to like the shaming of periods, it's like, we call it the time of the month. Like we're, we have our period, like saying it is so uncomfortable for so many people. It's like, Mm -hmm. and it's such a natural thing. It's how we all came to be, you know, right. It's normalizing the conversation. And I would love for you to just maybe not go fully into it this time. We'll have to have you come back on and talk about what it is that you are partnering with your soon to be sister-in-law and creating and how how this is going to be supporting um, women and their hormones and all of that. Yeah, so absolutely.
2: So there is a technique that is used in integrative and naturopathic and sometimes functional medicine where you rotate specific seeds throughout so by the way your period is just one part of your cycle you're constantly in a cycle like you were mentioning megan there's luteal phase follicular phase like things are always shifting and happening in your body to kind of create a life or create a period um and so Supporting your hormones and where they should be throughout your cycle is critical, and food is such a big part of that. So, this is a technique called seed cycling, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. But you rotate specific types of seeds throughout your cycle for the first two weeks, like day one of your cycle, is when you start to bleed. And then, up until like a typical cycle around day 14, somebody would start ovulate, would be ovulating. So, for those first two weeks, you take spe- you eat specific seeds that support the hormones, support estrogen. And then, uh, then the day fifteen through twenty eight, let's say if somebody has a twenty eight day cycle, you eat specific seeds that support progesterone because that's when you really want to like increase progesterone and um, which is like kind of your happy hormone, so to speak. Um, so this, there is not research on seed cycling. Per se, but there's a lot of research on the specific seeds that are used in seed cycling. I mean, flax seed, for example, is used, and that is just like a such an such an amazing seed. It's been shown to reduce um, breast and uterine cancers. It's been shown to just like help with you know, it's a great source of fiber, so it helps with gut motility. There's just tons of research on flax seeds. Oh my so,
0: god. Flax seeds, number one, you know, seed that we put in our smoothie every day and whole, not already mealed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Flax seeds are great. Um, and then there's, you know, they, there, there's research that shows that women who have, um, higher levels of tryptophan and tryptophan, um, basically is the precursor to serotonin. And we all know serotonin is what makes you joyful and happy. And so, um, Women who have higher levels of tryptophan have lower, um, lower symptoms of PMS, uh, severe symptoms of PMS. So you find tryptophan in things like turkey, and you know everybody knows you have Thanksgiving, and then you get all sleepy and happy afterwards. So that's like the tryptophan. Um, but then things like pumpkin seeds also have a lot of tryptophan in them. So there's all these different things in these seeds that kind of helped, have helped anecdotally a lot of women to reduce symptoms of PMS. And some women have even reported having a more regular cycle, um, which is just great because, you know, how many people deal with irregular cycles? So that is the, that is kind of like a little bit of a cliff notes version of seed cycling. Um, And I've just heard so many different people try it and they like, it changed their lives. And I've heard a lot of practitioners give it to their uh, patients or their clients. And it's worked fantastically. So our goal is to one day hopefully do research on seed cycling. I love that.
0: Wow. So much. Like, uh, first of all, I just have to say on just periods and menstrual cycles, there's a whole podcast that needs to be done Mm -hmm. on that. I feel it. And even having maybe you and Yasmin come on and really share this gift of what you're putting together in this superfood company with seed cycling and that, I don't know where you are in that actual process and how far away it is, but I would so love, and I know Megan would too, to have you come back when that is like ready and, and we can help spread the seeds. (laughs) Incredible wisdom of you.
2: Yeah. I'd love that. That would be great.
0: um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. This like, that was like so beautiful. Everything that we've talked about today, just brings such joy. There's so much incredible, glorious information that you've shared from all your knowledge and all your wisdom and the people that, you know, you're so blessed to work with together, you know, with Dr. Mark and your brother Drew, who we absolutely love, you know, too, and his podcast, um, The Broken Brain, which is so important, and Mark in the pharmacy. And I just have to say from, I know, our heart, we are so grateful to have had you on the podcast today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I just love you ladies
1: so much oh. and um I'm so honored to be here. Oh, same. We are so grateful for you and just uh, love you so much. Okay, mm-hmm. you also are like the best source of inspiration and all the things that you share and things that you're learning on your own personal Instagram and everything that you do. If you guys are interested, you can find Kea. We'll link it all below. Um, But thank you so much again. If you enjoyed this conversation, share it with your friends, your family. Make sure you listen to Kea on The Doctor's Pharmacy with an F. And her brother, Drew, has great stuff as well on Broken Brain. And we're just so grateful for you. Thanks for an amazing conversation. Thank you,
0: ladies. Activate the Podcast is hosted by our friend, Laura Holloway, and she's part of an amazing group of women helping us all do and be better for a happier world. Activate is your one-stop shop for all things mind, body, and soul elevation. Each week, Laura and her guests will bring you the tools to align your minds and hearts and take empowered action. You'll learn how to strip back the layers, silence the noise, and listen to your heart's truest calling. And most importantly, you'll give yourself full permission to say yes to your higher self. If you're ready to dig deep and get out of your own way, then this is your tribe. Laura is with you.